In this video, I'm going to show you how King David was a clear picture of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Son of David, Jesus Christ. Hi, welcome to my video. This is George Crab here and welcome to my channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button down below because you're going to get all the latest videos. They come out every Friday. We have a fresh video and these videos are designed to show you how to see Jesus in all of the Bible, all of it. And uh, this is how we're going to do it. So I know this is going to bring great value to you when you look at this content and you absorb it and you get the insights into where Jesus is found in biographies and stories, in prophets and, and uh, prophecies, in the books of the prophets, and also in the Psalms. And you're going to be greatly blessed by this. I know your heart's going to burn within you with the love of God as you get to know more and more about where Jesus is found in the Old Testament or if you're Jewish in the Tanakh. All right, you guys, let's get started. So this episode, all about King David and how he was a picture of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. All right, so let's look at the timeline first. We want to know where we're at, right? So if you look here, you see 0 AD. That's um, 0 AD is when Jesus was born. It doesn't mean after death. It means the year of our Lord. Anno Domini in the Latin, which is year, year of our Lord. And then 32 AD is when he was crucified. We don't count the zero, so that would bring him to 33 uh, years old. And we know that's when Jesus was crucified on the cross. So then further along, when we look at creation and we looked at the flood, we looked at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then we looked at Joseph already. Um, in other episodes, we looked at Moses, we looked at the tabernacle, the high priest, uh, we looked at Joshua and uh, Ruth and Boaz. That was a beautiful story. That was our last episode. And now we're going to look at David. And David was right around 1000 BC, which means before Christ. And uh, that's where we're at on the timeline. So that's like right, let me see here, that's right there, 1000 BC. So he was a little bit before that when he was born. And I think he died right around 970 uh, before Christ. And, um, and we're going to look at that. And that's, that's actually got a little picture and interest, interesting thing here. So we can see it as we look at the... As this Jesus's ministry, right? We know Jesus started his ministry, the Bible tells us, at 30 years old. That's when he started uh, his public ministry and uh, all the healings and gathering his disciples, all those things, okay? Well, King David, he started his ministry serving as king at the age of 30 years old as well. Did you know that? Isn't that interesting? So we're seeing parallels here. We see parallels with, with David's story and with Jesus's, the, the greater than David, Jesus, right? And uh, the son of David, but the greater. And uh, this is just, it's going to bless your heart. So let's look at furthermore, we see in 1 Samuel, okay? Uh, Samuel was the prophet, okay, who was alive during David's time, of course. And Samuel, if you read in this, you're going to see how he was told by God to look for the king. Because there was already a king, the first king of Israel, and he was not a good king. It was Saul. And Saul was not a good king. We're going to find that out in the scriptures. God explains that. So here it is. Let's just read this. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 1. 
And the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite. (laughs) And for I have provided for myself a king among his sons, God says to him. So here we're seeing an anointing, oil. That was always a picture. Remember, Aaron was anointed as well. And it's always a picture of being set apart for God, for special service. And that's what we're seeing here. And Samuel's being called to do this with David. And here's a picture of it. This is a really nice picture of it. So here's what, you know, Samuel with the horn, the ram's horn filled with olive oil, and he's pouring it on David, the boy, David, and the oil's running down. And it's just a beautiful picture. Here's, here's his brothers and maybe his dad's over there, the family. And there's the sheep. He was a shepherd, right? <laughs> so he was shepherding the flock. And uh, we're going to look at the scripture on all of this right now, because the scripture takes us through exactly how David was appointed as king and how God wanted him to be king. All right, so here we go. Okay, so First Samuel, we just read this, where he says to take the horn of the oil and anoint David. And here we're going to look at Samuel chapter 16, verse 2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So the Lord's helping him along here. And uh, Samuel was worried because Saul was such an evil king. He was very paranoid. Um, he, um, he started to go to, he went to a witch, to witchcraft, which is Satan's side to get information. And, and uh, it, it's just, he was not a good king. And so we're going to see that even furthermore in these scriptures. So verse 3 says, And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And, I, and you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. So Samuel's a prophet, right? And that's who uh, knew that David was going to be king. Not the people. The people had no clue. The people loved Saul. They, in fact, they chose Saul because he was tall and handsome and had char- charisma, charismatic But God looks at the heart, and you're going to see that in these scriptures. God even looks at your heart, and he looks at my heart. He's not so concerned about the outward appearance, but what's inside of us. And and David was known by the prophets to be king, just like Jesus. He was known by the prophets to be king as well. Not the people, not the kings of the time, right? King Herod hated him, wanted to kill him when he was a baby. The other King Herod didn't like him, Pontius Pilate, who was the ruler over the area. He didn't like him either. So, so he wasn't known by the kings, but he was known by the prophets. All right? There's another parallel there. And then verse 4 says, Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peace, peaceably? So they're scared of this prophet. And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. 
And when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord, the Lord's anointed is before him. So he thought, oh, this has got to be the one. This is, this is the first son that comes before him. And he thought, oh, this has got to be the one in his mind. But, <laughs> I love this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart, right? Isn't that awesome? I love that about God because I'm not the the best looking guy in the world, you know, and, and, um, you know, and, and there's times where I feel really ugly, but God's not looking at our appearance. As I get older, I get, you know, I'm starting to look older, getting some gray hair, all these different things. But God doesn't care about that. He cares about what's on the inside, my friend. All right? So I love this about God. Um, here we are in verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. So another son of Jesse, of the line of, of remember Obed in that last episode, who was the son of Ruth and, uh, and Boaz. And Boaz is a type of Christ as well. But anyway... We're seeing that this is the line where the Messiah, and everybody knew it. This is the line through whom the Messiah was to come. So this is really interesting because Saul, the first king of Israel, he came through the line of Benjamin. But we know that the promise, and the people back then knew that the promise was coming through the line of Judah, which is what this family is, from Bethlehem too. So here we go. And then, uh, so he's rejecting the, the second son. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. <laughs> so, so these sons that I think Jesse the father was like, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be this one. Oh, it's got to be this. One. Okay, if it's not this one, it's going to be this one. And they're going down the line here. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. So, so then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest, the youngest, or the footnote says, or the smallest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and he brought him in. And now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So little David, little, little boy, young man David comes before him. And Rudy, I think, means like maybe red-faced from, from being out in the sun and the hard work and uh, some people interpret that as red-haired. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it's just, this is the boy whom the father thought, nah, couldn't be David. No way. He's just tending the, the flock out there. He's just shepherding right now. It's, it couldn't be David. So there's a picture there because Israel, the first time, didn't realize it was Jesus, right? The good shepherd, because Jesus calls himself. He said, I am the good shepherd. And he also, he also is the son of David, my friend. So it's just amazing when we look at this. So, so Israel, the first time with 
with uh, David, like Jesse the father with David, didn't think, okay, he's just out shepherding. It couldn't possibly be David. That's the first time. Well, the second time they're going to know, and, and later they get to know, just like Israel will know later that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, the oil poured on him, the Holy Spirit poured on him. And he, my friend, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All right, so let's look at verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. From that day forward, and Samuel rose up, and he went to Ramah. So let's read that again, verse 13. This is awesome. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he poured it. He pours it on him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord rushed down upon David from that day forward. Remember when Jesus was in the Jordan River and he comes to, to John the Baptist, his cousin John, and the Spirit of the Lord came down like a dove upon him. Remember that? And the Lord, the Father's voice came down from heaven and said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he was, and Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's when the ministry started with Jesus, right? It started when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. All right, so that's what we see there. And then in verse 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. So this happened, it looks like, at the same time, right? So the anointing came to David, the Holy Spirit came to David, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Because Saul already rejected the Lord and, and wasn't being obedient to the Lord. He rejected the Lord already, and uh, that's what was going on. So let's go back to the presentation, and, um, and we're going to look at at some pictures here, some things that kind of help us describe what, what's going on. So here's that picture again. And not only was the oil poured out on David by, by Samuel, but the Holy Spirit, because the oil, the olive oil, the oil of anointing is always a picture of the Holy Spirit, but then the, the true Holy Spirit came upon, rushed down upon David as well. All right. Again, David was known to the prophet to be the king, right? But not the king. And Christ was known to the prophets, but not the kings. So it's just, it's so interesting how it, it all connects right here. Hey, by the way, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button down below and feel free to comment. I want to hear your thoughts, uh, especially you guys in Israel who are my subscribers. I want to hear what you guys think and what you know, because I want to learn from you. And I think everyone here in America and other places in the world, we can learn from you guys as well. So, all right. So good shepherds, right? They were both good shepherds. Uh, they're both from Bethlehem. Uh, Jesus being born in Bethlehem, but later raised in Nazareth. But Jesus, like I said, Jesus, one of the I am statements in the book of John, he said, I am the good shepherd. And David was a good shepherd as well, right? We know in the Bible it says that he, David himself said that he um, took down the lion, he took down a bear that was trying to attack his sheep. 
And he wasn't afraid of that giant Philistine. He wasn't afraid of him. And he went out to attack him because he knew the Lord was with him. All right. So here's a scripture uh, in Micah. And Micah, this is the scripture where King Herod, who uh, was wondering, because these wise men, these magi from the east come, and they say, we want to see the king who is born, the king of Israel who is, who is born. We're following his star, right? And Herod just had a fit about this. Well, one of the, he had one of the rabbis come and show him in the scrolls, in the scriptures, where it says that the Messiah was to be born. born and and, and they, they read this to him. And this is in Micah. So it says, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, that means bread basket, basically. So Bethlehem was a, a the bread basket of, of this area. Remember the, the story of Boaz and Ruth? But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Isn't that a picture there? Too little to be of the clans of Judah. Remember, David was little or small. It wasn't just that he was the youngest. He may that's it was also small. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. In Daniel, when you see that word, the book of Daniel, ancient of days, he's referring to the Lord, to Jesus. He is also, another name for Jesus is the ancient of days. So, from the ancient of days, in verse 3, Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That speaks of, of Jesus, because this was written by the prophet Micah. This is after David, right? This was like near the, the captivity of Babylon. So it's like 500, 600 uh, BC. We know David was 1000 BC, but, but very similar too. And this is what they read to Herod to explain to him that the Messiah, the king, was to be born in Bethlehem. And that's when the evil Herod, Harry the Horrible, had people go out, his men go out and kill the babies in that region who were two years and younger trying to kill Jesus. All right. So here's a picture of the hills around Bethlehem, probably in the springtime. Everything's nice and green. And this, one, again, was a breadbasket. You can kind of see some farmland down there in the valley, this flat area down here, but also it's an area for shepherding the sheep, the flocks. And uh, this is a picture of, of grain in my area, of the wheat, and it's just beautiful. I just love the golden grain. I uh, just thought it would be a little a change up that we could look at these beautiful pictures. All right, so now let's look at Ezekiel chapter 34, because we see another parallel about this whole son of David, right? Um, how David is a type and a picture of the Messiah to come. So Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 23, it says, And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, and he shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. And I am the Lord, and I have spoken. I love it when he says that. I have spoken. I don't know if you guys have been watching the Mandalorian episodes where there's that one guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he would always say, I have spoken. 
And it was just, it's just awesome. But I love it when God says that because that means it's in concrete. It's, it is stamped. It's going to happen. It will not change. This is going to happen. So this is awesome. So he says, I will, I will set up over them one shepherd, one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them and he shall feed them and be their shepherd. He was speaking of Jesus right here because Ezekiel was, again, right around 500 before Christ. David was around 1,000. So this is speaking of a later time and speaking of David, excuse me, of Jesus, of David being a type of the Messiah. So there's so much to this, you guys. And then in John chapter 10, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd and that uh, there will be that there will be other sheep that are not of this fold. He's speaking of the Gentiles, right? Whom I will bring in, and then there will be one shepherd and one flock. All right. So Matthew chapter 1 goes through. If you're Jewish, please read Matthew. It's so good. It's so awesome. It's a very Jewish book. It's, it, the gospel means good news. It's the very first gospel, the, the, the message of the good news, of the Messiah of Jesus. And here in Matthew chapter 1, it says, The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So that's how it starts. The genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, and the son of Abraham. So son of David, that's a term to describe the Messiah, my friend. So, so Abraham, here it is in Matthew again, uh, verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz, our last episode, right? And Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. Wait a minute. He keeps saying uh, the father of Salmon, the father of Boaz, the father of uh, Boaz by, by Rahab, excuse me, who was also a Gentile, by the way. It's kind of cool to see Gentiles thrown in there. God did that on purpose. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, another Gentile. And then Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. So now there's a change up. We're seeing King David. Why was that changed up? Because, remember, the son of David refers to the anointed one, the Messiah, the Mashiach, who was to come, and that is Yeshua in Hebrew. Yeshua, which is Jesus in, in, in Greek, right? Or Joshua in English. The Messiah. That's what Matthew was showing us here, you guys. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, And as Jesus passed on there, two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, O son of David. Why were they saying son of David? Everybody in that time knew that meant the Messiah. So we're seeing it in the New Testament as well as the Old, how the son of David was to be the Messiah. All right, so 
Now we're going to look at that Samuel scripture again. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre, which was like, it's kind of like a harp and a guitar, kind of a cross between both of those. So he took the lyre and he played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and, and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Did not Jesus cast out demons from people? Mary Magdalene, who had many demons in her, he cast the seven demons out of her legion. He cast the demons out of them and he healed these guys. And, and, and Mary Magdalene too. She, they were healed. They were new people, believers in Jesus Christ after that. They were born born again. They, they be, they're in heaven right now, you guys. These were people who were demon-possessed, and Jesus was the only one who could heal them, the son of David, Jesus. And here we see David playing this beautiful music to cause this harmful spirit to go away from Saul. So, and by the way, if you ever have a feeling like there might be demonic, like evil in the air, maybe demonic type stuff, always play worship music, especially those good old hymns. Sing them, sing Amazing Grace. Um, how sweet the sound. Nothing drives the devil and his minions away quicker than worshiping God and singing his music, music to him. They hate it. They can't stand it and they will flee. Well, that's what we're seeing here, that something that David actually did. All right, so let's take a look at the scripture one more time because I want to read a little bit more about what Saul uh, was going through here. So um, chapter 16, verse 14 of 1 Samuel, it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord uh, tormented him. And Saul's, so I love this, the Lord has control over everything. He is in control of even the demons. They, they worship, when they see Jesus, they were like, Lord, is it our time yet? They were scared. They are in fear of God, my friends. So don't ever think that they're like, oh yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll take them on. Uh-uh. They're afraid of him, okay? They're not obeying him. <laughs> they rebelled against him, but they're also afraid of him. So verse 15, and Saul's servant said to him, behold, now a harmful spirit of God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit of God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Wow, isn't that awesome? <laughs> so therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and he said, and said, Send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. There he is again with the sheep, the good shepherd. He doesn't abandon his sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat, and he sent them by David, his son, to Saul. So David showing a picture of Christ again, right? Because here we're seeing just in this scripture right here, we're seeing a donkey. Remember, Jesus came down the Mount of Olives riding the colt, the donkey, like Zechariah uh, prophesied, uh, going through the East Gate. and Everybody was praising him and worshiping, yelling out, Hosanna, Hosanna. 
And then also we see in this scripture that his father also said had uh, bread on it with the skin of wine. So the bread and the wine always speaks of communion with Jesus. And then a young goat, a goat was the offering of, of sin. It was also the goat was used as a scapegoat. And they sent him by David, uh, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor barrier. And Saul sent Jesse, sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful uh, spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and he played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Wow, pretty awesome stuff, right? Okay, so let's look at this scene, which I think all of you know. If you know David, King David, we always know about the shepherd boy who went to the stream and he found those five smooth stones that were not carved out by human hands. They were carved out by the stream, by God, basically. And they were these smooth stones, and he defeats this massive Philistine, the enemy of Israel, and he was huge, huge guy. There's his armor bearer who could probably barely carry that that shield for him, and um, I think he was like over nine feet tall. He was a warrior, and the people of Israel were very afraid of him, but David came charging down with just his sling, and God helps him, and he kills and defeats Goliath, and then all the armies of Israel had courage once uh, once again, and they chased the Philistines down and defeated them. So let's look at this, because there's a little picture in the future. Not This isn't something of Jesus' first coming, but now we're going to look at something for his second coming when he comes again. And this is a prophecy in Daniel chapter 2. And it says here in verse 34, As you looked... A stone was cut out. Now, by the way, he's he's interpreting this dream for Nebuchadnezzar, the king, that nobody can interpret. And Daniel was interpreting it, kind of like how Joseph interpreted the dreams to Pharaoh. And it was by God, and he's showing him that there was this was a vision sent by God, or a dream, but sent by God. And Daniel describes it to him, and he says, And as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image, this this giant statue on its feet of iron and clay, and it broke it, broke them in pieces. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, and the silver and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors, basically like dust, the little shell of the wheat, and it was just blowing away in the wind. And became like chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found, but the stone that had struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Isn't that awesome? This is of the future, you guys. And I just thought it was kind of cool because here we see David being a picture of Jesus, defeating this giant, the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God, the enemy of God, this giant who was very intimidating. And he takes a stone, a smooth stone that was not carved out with human hands and defeats him with it. Now, Jesus is going to hit the feet of the big giant in that vision, right? The, which is basically the 
the powers of the earth, you know, the, the world system, and it collapses. And then that, that stone becomes a great mountain and becomes his kingdom, which will rule and reign on this earth for 1,000 years. You can see that in the book of Revelation towards the end there, and it's mentioned six times in seven verses. I think it's Revelation 22, I believe, or maybe it's 20, where it says, God says that they shall rule and reign for a 1,000 years, us who believe in Jesus, ruling and reigning with him, with Christ, from Jerusalem. So beautiful, right? All right. So here's a neat picture. I wanted to show you guys this because this may have been what possibly what David may have looked like. So this is an Egyptian painting, okay? This was done in Saqqara, Egypt. And we know that this uh, Imhotep character was there. And a lot of scholars and archaeologists believe that this is where Joseph served and where he stored up a lot of the grain. May have been where his brothers came back and collected grain during that great famine. And here's a picture of that. There's like, you can't see all of it here, but there was 11 uh, Semitic males here. The scholars, they know for sure these are Semitic males. And here he's playing a lyre. That's a lyre right there. So it's kind of like a cross between a guitar and a harp, and probably a little more like a guitar, because this is the hollow part with a little hole, and there's the strings. And uh, it's just really interesting that uh, we see this. And he's wearing the new clothing. So these are the Semitic people going back to Egypt, and they're wearing, wearing new clothing. He's got a donkey there um, you know, with a spear and all that. But this is probably what the instrument looked like. This is the, one of the oldest images of that and what the instrument looked like that David had. And this is maybe what David may have looked like too because he's Semitic right here. So I thought I'd share that with you. This is a wall painting in Saqqara, Egypt, if you want to do your own research on that. so All right, so that's it. And this is what he played to help uh, Saul to drive out the evil spirit that God had sent to torment Saul. And I believe God did that to you know, that's a way of trying to help Saul to come back to the Lord. I don't think he did, but uh, we don't know for sure. But anyway, like I said before, if you feel evil in the air, play worship music, sing hymns, uh, sing to the Lord, and uh, and those will, that evil will be driven away, my friends. All right. Okay, so if you do not know Jesus, if you have never uh, given your life to him, you can do that right now, my friend. I'm going to pray with you. You can just repeat the prayer after me and receive Christ. Be born again as a new child of God. Okay, when you, you can refer to God as your father, just like Jesus did, because you're going to be clothed in Jesus' righteousness, in his righteousness, not your own. Nobody has righteousness except for Jesus. So when, you, when the Father God, when he looks down, you want him to see you clothed in Jesus's righteousness, and he smiles, and he accepts you. All right, so if you don't know Jesus, you can say this simple prayer right after me to receive him. All right, so, so this is business between you and God, my friend, okay? This is you're making a choice to open your life to follow Jesus Christ, to open your life to him, for him to be your, his, your, your Lord. He's going to be your Lord and your Savior, and this is the prayer. Ready? Just pray it after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins. I choose to turn from my sin. 
Please help me to do that. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins and for the world. I believe he shed his blood for me. And I also believe in three days he was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I choose to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Please help me to follow you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, my friend, I want you to know that you are now a child of God. You may feel something tremendous. You may feel free. You may feel this this guilt lifted off of you. Uh, You may feel nothing. That doesn't matter. Your feelings don't matter. What matters is what the Bible says, the promises in God's word. And he said that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. Congratulations, my friend. Hey, so glad that we got to do this episode together on David and how King David was a picture and a type of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. All right, guys. Hey, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Comment down below, especially if you prayed, because I want to pray with you and help you get good resources and all those kinds of things. And um, hey, God loves you, my friend. God loves you. He loves you. All right. Hey. May his kingdom come to this world soon. God bless you and God bless his kingdom.